Well, would you all um, just turn with me once again to the Lord to pray for help in the hearing of the word together. We need his help always. We certainly need his help as we open up his holy and inspired word that he's given us. He knows what we need. He knows what he's given us. So let's go to him in prayer now before we begin. Father, we are dependent upon you for all things. We need you to speak to us or else we're just going to be lost. And we see that you have spoken to us in your perfect word. You've given us the scriptures for our help, for our benefit, for our growth. Lord, we ask that you might show us what you would have for us in your word today, that you would help us to listen attentively to your inspired word and to be encouraged by all that you've revealed. We need your help because without you, we'll get nothing out of the preaching of the word. We'll get nothing out of coming to church. We'll get nothing spiritual out of anything because you are needed for moving and and acting and changing and transforming. We ask, Lord, that you might move us today, change us today, bless us today in your word. We say this in Christ's name, amen. Well, this morning, we're going to be continuing a sermon series that we started about three years ago. You might be thinking, what in the world? You expecting me to remember sermon from three years ago? Well, of course not. And I kind of say sermon series tongue-in-cheek because it's not really a series. It's so spread out. It's so... But here we are again. We saw in 2020, we looked at a sermon titled, Benefiting from Communion. If you remember that, that sermon, in short, is seen each month on the screen when we take the Lord's Supper together, which we'll do again, of course, today. And that is the Lord's Supper communion, remembering Jesus and his death together with great joy. In 2021, we looked at the other ordinance of the church. That is, in a sermon, benefiting from baptism. And we saw in that sermon that baptism is what? Professing Christ, picturing and entering into the family of God, entering into a local church in a public profession. Then we even added to that a sermon in tying the ordinances together, the Lord's Supper and baptism, kind of tying them together, and then also followed up from then and looked at a sermon titled Benefiting from Church Membership. To see that meaningful church membership is not like signing up for a gym membership and then never going. <laughs> We've got a, a new gym in Gallatin, somewhat new. Maybe you're like many who might sign up and maybe go a little bit and then never go again. Church membership is different, and we saw that in that sermon. We must gather, participate, and care. Now today, I'm motivated to add to this kind of impromptu sermon series spread out amongst a long, through a long time, a sermon titled Benefiting from Preaching. 
This is so important, as we saw last week in our sermon on centered church goals, uh, that the message of the word of God is central to us in our church, and we need to be growing in that. And we're going to be continuing to hear the word preached this week and weeks into the future at FBC. But as we saw last week, it takes more than two to tango in a variety of ways. It takes the whole church to be engaged in a variety of things in our local church in order for us to benefit. And to be clear this morning, this sermon is not today about preachers and preaching, but it's about you. Each, every one of you here, about listeners and hearing, about how we can all better benefit ourselves from the preaching of the Word of God. And we're going to do that by looking at these three points as you see them on the screen to prepare, engage, and respond. So let's look at the first point together. And number one, prepare. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 for this. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So first things first, if you're not a believer here, and if you're just a, maybe a Christian in name only and not in reality, then you will never, never, ever benefit from the preaching of any sermon from even the most skillful preacher. If Jesus himself preached, if you're not a believer and if you're not being changed in that moment, it will fall on deaf ears and make no impact. Unbelievers do not benefit from preaching. They scoff at it. They internally try to suppress it and refute it in their hearts and minds, and they won't let the message end. They're not interested in that kind of thing. They have hard hearts and deaf ears and blind eyes, so they will, of course, not benefit from preaching. Of course, the unbeliever coming into contact with the preaching of the word may benefit if and when they are converted through the preaching of the word so that subsequently, on into the future, they may benefit from the preaching along with other believers. The passage we just read said that the gospel of the cross of Christ is something to be laughed at by them instead of rejoiced over. It's foolishness to them. And that's what we see right in our world. Unbelievers kind of out there want nothing to do with the church and Christians and Bible preaching that goes on in here. But I want to encourage us not to have our sights so zoomed out away from us that we're going to miss what potentially can be going on in this very roof and under the roof of many churches throughout the world, potentially. For I would remind you that many professing Christians have shown up week in and week out to their respective churches, maybe even this one, without being genuinely converted themselves. So if you come to church but maybe despise preaching of the word or kind of yawn at it, bored by it, it's not interesting to you ever, and you, don't, you, you could take it or leave it, you don't really care about the preaching, now... Now, just to be fair here, 
the preacher, even myself, may be boring at times, and I'm not trying to say anything here about, about preaching that would let the preacher off the hook, right? It could be on them. If they're not saying anything from the word that's worth hearing, if they're not giving you something that's, that's important to lean into, that's life-changing, that, that is biblical, then that's on them, okay? I get that. But if you're dull in heart, and you're not interested in seeing the word of God, and loving it, and engaging in it, and coming to it, then that's on you. That's on you. Where are you at? Do you hunger and thirst for the word of God? Do you? Did you see the welcome screen this morning when we came in? A Bible with eating utensils on each side. If you could see it, it's a little dark on the screen. You got fork and knife and things there. We have it up there again. There it is. We shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4. Look at that nice setup. Let that remind you what is at stake when you come to church. The Christian gets that kind of thing, don't, don't we? Are you ready to eat when you come to church? Not just the donuts, though. Yeah, eat the donuts. I know my little ones, that's what they associate church with. There are donuts on Sunday. If they come throughout the week to visit dad in his office, they're looking around for the donuts, right? I'm not talking about that eating. I'm talking about feasting on the word of God. Are you coming for that? Are you hungry for that? We need to look at the words of Scripture to see it and to know it and to live it out. But even Christians, you see, even believers can get lazy in this, which is why I'm encouraging all of us to consider how we all might grow in benefiting from something that we do week in and week out here at First Baptist Church, even sometimes, multiple times, as today, we're going to see two sermons today, to benefit by the preaching of the Word. I want that for each and every one of us. Now, it takes preparation of all of our hearts, as this first point indicates. It takes preparation for us to profit from the word. If you're a believer, then I would suggest as your pastor, and just from the word, to, before you come to church in the morning, or even as you're getting ready to, to engage in the worship of the Lord, I suggest you pray to set your heart on God so that He might move and work and reveal to you great things from his word. Set your heart on what is ahead. Anticipate with interest what might God show you today from his word. Sometimes it's neglected, but this is an obvious one. Here's a nice little tip. If you want to benefit from preaching, if you want to glean from the preaching ministry of the word, then you must also show up to church to hear the preaching of the word. Because if you don't show up, you won't benefit from preaching. That's really, really basic. But if we're going to glean from what God has for us, we should come to the regular gatherings in order to engage with the word of God. We all need that. We all need to be reminded for that. That's how we prepare for these things. But if you show up without preparing your heart, through prayer and anticipation, with what God might reveal to us in his word, then you're just going to be coming to church, not to benefit from preaching, but to merely endure it or to simply let it happen without any interest or to see how it might relate to you and what God might be doing in you. I said this sermon was not about the preacher and preaching, but about you, 
the listener or me, a listener when I'm sitting with my family and someone else is preaching the word to me, to us as listeners of the word. Now, you're not the preacher today or any other day, usually. Some of you I know will preach, but, but you're usually not preaching. But you, the listener, the hearer, are certainly central to this whole portion of the service each week when the preaching of the word happens. 1 Corinthians 1.18 that we saw, and we're going to see it again right now in verse 18, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see that? If you're a believer, that means the word, rather than being mere window dressing in your life or in the service of this church, is rather the power of God in your life. Is the word of God powerful in your life? hearts, and lives. Is it? If so, that means you are a growing Christian who will continue on in that trajectory. But if the word seems petty to you or uninteresting to you, then I wonder if you are in that category of those who are being saved here in this text or not. I don't know if you would fall into that category as a believer if you don't hunger for the word of God. Why? Because that's just what believers do and are. It, it's who they are. Believers love and want to hear from his word. And if you don't love and want to hear from the word, then are you, are you a believer? Have you been changed? Like you may claim? Where, where are you at? And growing Christians, you see, they don't get stuck on milk, but accumulate sermon after sermon and daily Bible reading after daily Bible reading and intake to add biblical knowledge and maturity to take on to their next sermon. It's a progressive growth throughout their lives. There's a difference, you see, between sermons you heard in the first year after your conversion and the sermons you heard 10 years after or 15 or 20 or 30. There's a accumulative growth, a biblical growth and maturity in the Christian life. Or else, at least there should be, right? Or else you're going to be rebuked, like the Corinthian church, by the Apostle Paul, which leads us quite naturally to our second point and number two. We saw prepare. Now we must engage. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 2 says this, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, But as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it, and even now you are not ready. We don't want to be like these Corinthians who remained spiritual babies. Babies require to be fed with milk. A little baby, I've had six of them, I can tell you, and you know, They don't come out of the womb ready to have a big, juicy steak, do they? They're not, their first words is not ribeye or New York, or no, it's not New York strip. It's Kansas City strip, Casey strip. That's that's what it is. They're not asking for that kind of thing as a little one. They would choke on that. Wouldn't be good for them. Wouldn't be helpful for them because they're only babies and not mature enough for that kind of 
food. And Paul here is not correcting new Christians who were just learning the ropes and hearing the word of God for the first time. That's not, that's not what it is. It's not just they were just recent converts and he's just getting after them. No, he wouldn't be doing that. He wouldn't rebuke them in this way. No, he's addressing a church with many who have heard sermons and should be growing, many sermons and should be moving on, should be maturing, but they're simply not growing. They're remaining infants in Christ, as you see there. We don't want to remain infants in Christ at First Baptist Church. That is a rather sad thing to behold when you have a Christian who has been going to church their whole lives and would rather just get the Cliff Notes version of the sermon than the meat and potatoes. What are they coming to church for? Where's their heart? What do they care about? That's a sad thing. They just want the newborn formula. They don't even want the whole milk, but would rather have the Jew present. I mean, to change the metaphor, maybe not even the milk. They want something sweet. They want the cotton candy sermons. Those are not growing Christians, but baby, baby Christians. May that not be said of you, dear saint. Come to church not only prepared in the heart and intent, but also hungry to take out the fork and knife, as we saw in that picture, to actually engage with the solid food of the word of God in biblical preaching. Oh, that's my challenge for you. All of our kids, every last one of them, were dependent on milk at first, but each of them moved on. And every new believer is also dependent on milk of the word as well. But when they get that foundation, they move on to actively engage with and apply the word of God in a variety of increasingly nuanced realities that the scriptures put forward. And are seeking then more and more robust meals from the preaching and reading and studying of scripture. And if they're not getting that, they want to go somewhere else. They need it. They're hungry for it. They love it. They're not interested in, in churches, sermons that just give them cotton candy all the time. They want to grow. They want to mature. They see it as a need. They're hungry. They are hungry. They're famished. They're ready to eat. Are you hungry for the word? Are you? Do you come to church with Bible in hand, ready to devour it and grasp it and to take it to heart and take it home with you? Not just physically, take your Bible to and from church with you, But personally, as the word of God grasped, does a mighty work in the heart for the child of God, right? And because the word of God is for your edification, it's for your health and for your growth, just as every one of us needs good food for our sustenance, we all need good food from the word for our well-being, health, and growth as believers. We need it. We won't grow without it. We won't mature. We won't do anything glorifying to God without growing in this. Are you growing? If not, maybe it's because you have not actively engaged with the word of God in your life. You've neglected it. But you're just showing up, clocking in, and glazed over, and then clocking out to church. That's not the way to live. Don't waste your life and your church life getting on with that kind of lazy, uncaring, inactive, unthinking kind of activity. Don't do it. The word of God 
has so much for you to glean from. Rather, benefit from preaching by actively being engaged in listening to the word of God preached. Not on autopilot, but on guard and on the edge of your seat. Not like you're cruising for a nap, for it all to just be spoon-fed to you, so you as you doze off, but attentive and awake and alert and eager to hear what God has to say to you any given Sunday, week in and week out, because you just don't know what he's going to reveal because there's so much in his word and it's inexhaustible. We'll never get to the bottom of it. We'll never get to the heights of it. There's more and more. So if there's another Sunday ahead and another sermon ahead, be there, see what God is going to give you. Church, see it, take it in. Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word is powerful to do a work and is for your edification and good. So show up and plan on actively listening. Maybe for you, it means pen in hand taking notes. For others, it means kind of leaning in with Bible open, following along, tracking, looking to see for yourself, looking at the points, seeing where they come from the passage, seeing if it's really there. Because if it's not really there, don't listen to the man at the pulpit if it's not found in the scriptures. If you're not seeing week in and week out the scriptures laying forth, then there's no authority in that kind of preaching. You don't listen to that kind of stuff. But you can't know, and you've got to be actively engaging in it. Maybe for others, it's having a conversation after church with your family or friends or other church members or whoever you might have lunch with and letting them know how the sermon and what the word put on your heart to make an impact and change in your life, what you're learning, how you're engaging, and asking them how the, the Lord is working in their hearts as well. Maybe, maybe that's for you. Because when you hear the word, you are responsible as a believer to take heed of what is actually said in the word of God. It's really not an option for the Christian to kind of just take it or leave it. Like I mentioned, if it's just the preacher, if it's opinion spouting off up there, then, then throw that kind of stuff out. I don't want you to listen to that. But if the sermon is actually coming from the word, rightly handled and explained and applied then as believers, as hearers, as Christians, you should be intent on living in light of it. And that starts the moment that you're hearing it right here now while you're sitting in your seats listening to the word. It starts right there. Even in this moment, you can start believing differently according to scripture or planning to live differently in light of it, to act differently to feel differently on certain things. The word of God should inform even our very feelings. Letting scripture mold and form your hearts week in and out. But we must be active, engaged listeners or else we might allow false teaching to form us and false thoughts, unbiblical thoughts to form us. Or we might allow our indifference to these things, the things of God, to numb us. Or the distractions that abound to derail us. So we must be Bereans testing everything to see if it's biblical. And if it is, engaging in it. Acts 17.11 says this. Now the Berean Jews were more noble 
of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. And in Thessalonians, Paul commends the Thessalonian church, for instance, and tells them in a different scenario, this is a contrast here in in Acts, but he tells them in a different scenario, those who were actually hearing the word, that you received the word, you heard it, not as the word from man, but what? As the very word of God. If it's the word of God, we should be heeding it and living it and hearing it, and we should be searching it out to make sure it is the word of God. Not everything that's set up here at the pulpit is necessarily the word of God if it's not rooted in the word of God. I'm just talking about any pulpit. Hopefully, Pastor Wood and I and others who preach here are seeking to put forward the word of God to you so that you could heed it and engage in it and believe it and be changed by it because that's all that's really, that really matters and that's really going to change. But, but you need to be actively engaged in it and, and seeing it for your own good, for your own edification, to be able to determine if this is what the word of God is revealing. We've heard the terms, be a good Berean before, right? This just means rightly benefit from the word, rightly hear the word. They are leaning in type of people, not a dozing off. That's the kind of listeners they are. What what kind of listener are you? They are not only, you know, kind of letting the sermon happen to them. They are actively and eagerly listening and seeing and engaging with what Paul is saying to ensure that what they were hearing is biblical This is exactly what we're talking about here in this point in engaging in the word of God. Engage. Are you engaging in the word of God? Unbiblical sermons should not even be tolerated or listened to because they can be so dangerous and hurtful. And only active, prepared, and engaged sermon listeners who are benefiting from the word of God will be able to determine whether the sermon should be heeded or just rebuked and avoided. But if and when we found that sermon to be biblical, it doesn't just stop there. Oh, okay, I checked that off. Sounds biblical. It's seed in the scripture. Good. Uh, you know, pastor's not a heretic. <laughs> pastor's not a false teacher. Oh, good. It doesn't just end there. You don't just determine, okay, this is true or this is false. No, but we must then be intently engaged with the truths coming from that sermon, coming from the word, because it is directly our responsibility then as the hearer now we're hearing it. It's our responsibility. If it's true, that means it's coming from God. It means it's, it's, it's from him. It's true. It's, it's for our edification. It's for our good. If that's the case, then it's our responsibility to receive it wholeheartedly and live in light of it because God has spoken. This leads us quite naturally to our third and final point. And number three, respond. James chapter 1 and verses 22 through 25 says this. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. I want every Christian here at our church to be blessed in your doing. That's why I'm preaching this sermon about benefiting from preaching, about being wise hearers of the word. 
Not doing it because it's the subject and it's the topic of one of my main job descriptions as a pastor or preacher, but because I want you to be blessed and to be wise and growing Christians who actually hear the word rightly. Some go to church every week, but they fail to hear the word. Sure, they audibly hear the vibrations through their kind of ear canals and into their head. I mean, they, they're hearing physically. Of course. They're not, they're, they could hear. But, but some who come to church each week are spiritually deaf. They have spiritual noise-canceling headphones or earphones with the greatest technology to simply tune out the preacher and survive until they could just get out and get on with their day. They're not really that interested in what's happening. They're not anticipating, not engaging. That's not wise hearing. That's foolish hearing. Are you wise or are you a fool? How you listen to the sermon week in and week out reveals that. Or you can listen to sermons, some, their whole lives, and it seems like it doesn't make a lick of difference in their day-to-day. It's like they didn't hear anything that the preacher was saying or the Word was revealing from the Word of God. Just went over their heads, or in one ear and out the other, or just kind of halted. It didn't get in. It just stuck. It's just right there. Nothing. No difference. No impact on their lives. I don't want that for you, church. You can't manufacture this on your own, but if God is doing a work, he's doing a work. And if he's doing a work in you and you are a believer, you can be reminded about what we're doing every single week here on the Lord's Day when we see the preaching of the word. So you can be helped in this. I want you to grow. I want you to engage. I want that for you. I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to waste your time. I don't want you to fail to take heed of the word of God that God has given I want you to miss out on its usefulness for you. God reveals to us here in this passage that the kind of listening that doesn't really listen is foolish listening, like a man or woman who sees himself in the mirror but completely forgets moments later what they look like. Now, as I age a little bit, I can sometimes double look at myself in the mirror and notice, like, I don't know, like a gray hair in my beard or... You know, something changes as I get older, but I certainly don't forget what I look like. Can you imagine walking next to a mirror and being startled and spooked when you saw yourself in the mirror as if you were seeing some stranger? Whoa, who are you? You broke into my house. What are you doing? Three in the morning in my bathroom. Oh, that's me. I mean, could you imagine? We we wouldn't. That's crazy. We'd be suspicious for someone who was getting scared by looking at a mirror in that way, wondering what in the world is going on with them. Sometimes pets can comically get confused at their reflection, okay? Pets, right? And like the cat trying to fight the other cat in the mirror, it's just the same cat looking at the mirror. Or the dog barking back and engaging with, with, with him or herself in the mirror. That's a very funny, hilarious picture. But we're image bearers of God with much greater capacities than animals, and we would never forget what we look like. Even more importantly, church, 
we must never forget what God's word says. Because if we do, we're acting as foolish as our pet, attacking themselves in the mirror. Don't be foolish like that. Don't be simply blind mirror lookers. Don't be foolish hearers. Don't be wasters of your life and your time. But seek to observe and apply and actually do what the Bible says. It's a novel idea, basic idea, but we need to be reminded of it, don't we? We need to be reminded. We must let Scripture set our worldview and thinking with whatever it puts forward, even if it's not popular, even if it's hard, convicting, really hard. Because the Word of God is our authority. It's not a take it or leave it advice column. That's not what it is. It's just not what it is. This is why what we're doing here is not a, a, a take it or eat or leave it. Who cares? Whatever I can do without kind of thing. This is the Word of God we're dealing with. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this. All Scripture, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be Complete, equipped for every good work. So we must let Scripture set our lifestyle and our actions and our thinking, even when it presses up against our personal living and actions and inclinations that may be inconsistent with the Word of God. You see that? We should let Scripture cause us to change as it changes us. Rather than simply ignoring it and brushing it under the rug, we should heed it and respond. That's why hearing the word is so, so important. Because that is what the word of God is meant to do in us. It is God's inspired and God's breathed word. Nothing else in our lives is God breathed. Not your families or friends or coworkers or kids. Not the newscaster or the sports star or the famous actor. Not the magazine you're reading or the podcast you're listening to or the article you just read. None of that is God-breathed. Only the Word of God has that kind of authority. And it's actually for you to engage with and respond to because it's not an advice column, but the very Word of God to be used to change you, to correct you when you're wrong, to help you grow as a Christian in righteousness, to teach you, to profit you much. So engage with the word of God by responding to the word of God. That is what scripture calls believers to do. And in all things, church, whether you're believing and thinking or doing or acting, we must be ready for the word of God to set the standard for our lives and change and align us to its standard, not the other way around. Not letting our standards, including how we might think and prioritize or not prioritize preaching, for instance, not letting that get the final say. No, it's the word of God that has that role in our lives, in everything, about our families, about our marriages, about, about our church and how it functions, about our relationships to one another, about our jobs and workplaces, about how we engage with the lost around us, about how we in- impact or not impact Gallatin by how we listen to it. The Word talks about all that. We've been seeing it, right? We've been seeing it. Gospel farming, gospel farmers, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Be salt and light. All these things, the Word of God speaks to all of these areas in life. We need to respond to it. 
the word gets the final say. It sets the, the tone. It shows us the way to go. It's where we are. It's where we must be, which is why it's so important that we benefit from it week in and out when we hear the preaching of the word. We must benefit from it because it's for our life, for our teaching, for our correction, for our help. We're going to be lost without it. So lean in and, and engage in it. And if we don't show up ready to listen wisely, we're just going to go home unmoved, blind, aimless, forgetful, foolish. And we'll waste our lives, the church, and beyond, and will not glorify God. And certainly not benefit from preaching with that kind of perspective. But if we prepare our hearts and minds for the most significant event in the Christian's week. Before we were Christians, we had a lot of things that were so important, way more important than anything that we got going on here at this church. But when we were, became Christians, our eyes were opened, our ears were changed, we became new people, and then all of a sudden, what was important completely flipped upside down, and all of a sudden, we see the hearing of the word of God, the gathering with God's people, the singing songs to his glory, to coming before him as a church in prayer. That is the most important part of the Christian's week. Christians are changed. The gathering of the saints and the worship of God and the hearing and the singing and the praying and the singing of the word of God is so central for us. And if we engage with that worship service with all of our faculties and energy, preparing for it, engaging in it, and then even responding to what the word says, changing our thoughts and deeds, then mark my words, church. Mark them now. You will grow. You will be wise. You will glorify God. And you will benefit from preaching. Let's make it our aim and goal and resolution this year to benefit more and more from the preaching of God's word. And let's pray. Father, we're thankful for your word and its impact every week in our lives in different and even sometimes unexpected ways. Would you help us moving forward to be wise hearers of the word? Would you help us even right now to seek to respond to the word? Oh, Lord, would you... Would you move in the believers' hearts? We know that with the work of your spirit that we're so dependent upon, we know that with the work of your spirit, amazing untold things can happen in our lives and families and in our town and in our church. Would you do that? Oh, would you do that, Lord? We're dependent upon you. We can't do it ourselves, which is why we're praying. This is why we're praying to you before we even looked at the word today, and we're praying to you in close, because you, oh Lord, alone are the one who can move in mighty and miraculous ways. Would you move today? Would you change us going forward? We say this in Christ's name. Amen.